I'm asking you today to be part of an unprecedented grassroots campaign of one million active volunteers in every state in our country. He's running! Um, uh, at what point does Trump tweet about Bernie today? Today, right? He won't, he won't let the day he go He hasn't by. yet. Yeah. I would imagine Bernie Sanders has announced he's officially running. I wasn't sure that he would. Uh, I was a little surprised by that. I actually thought maybe he was going to decide, you know, there's all these candidates out there. <coughs> excuse me. All these candidates out there are basically, basically running on my platform from last time. Right. I'm a million years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's running. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he has the benefit of having been there for the revolution. So he can speak to the founding fathers and their principles. On that uh, irreverent note. Deborah J. Saunders joins us. Deborah is the White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review Journal and is observing all of this at close hand. Hello, Deborah. How are you? I'm fine. I'm looking at the statement that came out of the Trump campaign on Bernie Sanders running. There okay. you go. See, you're, you're breaking news. So what have they said? Bernie Sanders has already won the debate in the Democrat primary because every candidate is embracing his brand of socialism. And that's good. That's you know, good. And accurate, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think Bernie would say democratic socialism, but other than that, it, they're they're echoing each other. They're saying the same thing. Yeah, so I think uh, I think the president. Uh, you were saying it will he tweet? Well, already the campaign sent out something. My guess is he will be tweeting about this. He's probably pretty tickled about the whole thing. Yeah, I wonder what his strategy is on the tweeting because on for some people, you know, you elevate them, you actually help them out. I mean, because if you're running on. Trump's bad, him complaining about you is is one of the best things that could happen to you. So you know, it doesn't always work to his uh, to his benefit. But Bernie's a rock star. Everybody knows Bernie. So, and if you saw uh, the president in Miami yesterday talking about Venezuela, oh, does he love to talk about socialism in Venezuela now? That's his new thing. You're going to be hearing a lot of that for the rest of the year. So I yeah, I finally caught on to this yesterday. I thought it was just because there are a lot of people. On uh, you know, on the other half of the argument, who are bothered by socialism in America, I didn't, I hadn't even occurred to me that yeah, all those Cubans and people from various places around the country that live in Florida that hate socialism that are going to determine Florida when the presidential race—that's who he's talking to. Exactly, and he's also just saying to all the kids out there who don't quite understand what socialism is, this is what socialism is. Look at Venezuela. Look at people who are starving in Venezuela. Well, and and I'm sure those on the left will be very cynical about this maneuver, but uh, it has the added benefit of being true that there is an enormous crisis in our hemisphere and in Venezuela and a refugee crisis and a a starvation crisis in one of the richest countries on Earth. So, you know, it it is definitely worth the United States' interest, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree, and I think that uh, Trump has really handled this uh, this issue so well. And it, 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 it's a departure from his America First uh, philosophy, where he's really, really, you know, put America on the forefront of getting rid of Maduro. So I think it, I think it's I think it's a good issue policy-wise, and I think it's a good issue for him politically as well. So, listen, this is your uh, Pulitzer and maybe a Nobel Prize, and uh, I don't know, maybe even a Grammy, uh, Deborah. <laughs> Um, I, I, a Grammy. You would have to step way outside the mainstream of of, of journalism at this point. But in, in terms of the whole uh, Andy McCabe, Rod Rosenstein, uh, 25th Amendment discussion, you have Alan Dershowitz making the rounds saying this was clearly a plot for a coup. You have Victor Davis Hanson, the great thinker from the Hoover Institution, a California uh, you know, educator and, and writer, 
um, saying the same thing, that this this was a plot to unseat a freely elected president, um, and it should be getting a great deal more attention. Uh, is there any whiff of energy to the story in uh, in the Beltway, within the Beltway? Well, I mean, what amazes me is there are so many people in Washington who look at that story and think that it confirms the fact that Trump was out of line. Because right. There were people in the FBI and Department of Justice who were talking about this. It makes me very nervous. I think that Andrew McCabe, who basically was fired for lying to the FBI, um, I, you know, they probably had discussions. People talk about things right, and I think it's been blown out of proportion. I think he's made a lot more out of it than it was uh, because there are people who just basically, you know, I mean, they call it Trump derangement syndrome. And I think anybody who looks at the story and thinks it's proof that Trump is out of line is not paying attention to what the FBI is supposed to do. And they have very short memories because they do not remember how they felt about Jim Comey being involved in the presidential election in 2016 when it came to Hillary Clinton's email server. Yeah, I find it troubling. I use this horrifying example, but if a guy's accused of beating his dog, people don't immediately say, Ben, that dog must have really behaved poorly to deserve that beating. Right. How about looking at the actors involved? These people... We're attempting to remove the president of the United States. That is the story. Although I get what Deborah is saying, that she thinks McCabe is making way too big a deal out of it to sell books and or make himself a hero of the left so he gets his pension or something. Is I mean, these rumors came out last fall that this, this, this was supposed to have happened, and Rod Rosenstein has sort of kind of denied it. But yeah, my guess is there was a time when this first happened, and they're furious. They're furious not only that Trump fired Comey, but let's face it, the way he fired Comey, it wasn't pretty. Can you imagine a bunch of people standing around furious thinking, what can we do? Yeah. And maybe just sort of going crazy a little bit. But nothing happened. And I think the important thing to know is nobody followed it up. Uh, when, when, the, when the FBI lawyer was asked about it, he's like, are you people crazy? Yeah, and yeah. And prevailed. Fair so enough. I, you know, I think... I think that but that's not is, the way McCabe's presenting it. It's not the way it's presented on 60 Minutes. He's not saying we got so out of control we lost our heads. In retrospect, that's a bad idea. He's presenting it as this is how bad this president is. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I'm sure that there are many men who have beaten their wives who have said, well, I had to do it. She made me do it, right? I mean, I, I just think that they have absolutely no authority to do this. If there's going to be uh, a removal of the president, uh, it would be through impeachment, and they are not elected officials. They're not members of the House. Only the House can impeach him. Well, listen. So this is a pretty clear thing. So, all right. So you got a lot of vague stories that people are denying, and McCabe's trying to sell a book and trying to sue and trying to get his pension and the rest of it. Um, I think one reasonable conclusion, somebody, or uh, one significance of this is somebody could say, well, obviously they were so whipped up at the FBI over Comey being humiliated and fired and the rest of it and, and, and Trump that they were willing to go way far down the road of let's get rid of this guy, which is what a lot of Trump's people are claiming. They're not necessarily claiming a coup. They're claiming the Justice Department was out of control. They were pitching the uh, the Steele dossier as solid evidence to judges over and over and over again while knowing it was discredited. Meanwhile, whispering about the 25th Amendment and all, it's pretty decent evidence that, that they're a little nuts at the FBI. 
Yeah, I think so. And and really, I mean, you you can imagine there are a lot of other people who work there who are just like they don't even want to they they, they just want this guy to shut up. Oh yeah. Clearly. Right? These are some pretty important people that you really need to be honest. So you got McCabe saying uh Rosenstein brought up the 25th amendment and uh, various stuff and Rosenstein says no I didn't. You've got McCabe saying I leaked that stuff to the Washington or the Wall Street Journal. But the FBI policy allows that, and Comey said it was okay. Comey says, "No, I didn't tell you you could do that." She so got somebody's lying, and none of these people are the sort of people that are supposed to lie. <laughs> yeah, that, that is such a great point. And the other thing is, so when you read the in- Inspector General's report on McCabe's line, he basically not only does he leak something and lie to the FBI people investigating the leak, and let them go chase down looking for the real leaker, right, which is just scuzzy. He actually calls up people in New York and says, you're the leak. I know it. Wow. So it's bullying people. Is it, so he, I mean, it's, he, he's really a piece of work, this guy. Yeah. And I don't understand how Scott Pelley and folks at 60 Minutes could not have really, they really didn't question no. much on this. Issue. No, they didn't. So, they didn't. Which they, was troubling. Like they didn't read, it's like they didn't read it because they just, they, they didn't take this very seriously. And this was staff who wanted him to be fired for what he did. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And this guy was treated as some sort of, you know, saint and truth teller on 60 Minutes, which just goes to show. I don't know if you happen to catch. Uh, there's a podcast getting a lot of attention where Laura Logan is calling out uh, fellow journalists for completely abandoning their, their principles and simultaneously says, I'm committing career suicide by saying this. So, you know, it's it's a rough time for, for journalism. How does Scott Pelley not say, you know, there are legal scholars at the highest level who believe this was a an attempt at an administrative coup and then have him answer that question? Yeah, well, like, could you just tell me by what authority you all were talking about doing that? <laughs> I mean, exactly. Right? I, so, I mean, that's the other thing is the story just completely ignores the elephant in the room, if you will, which is they had no authority. To we think the that. president is obstructing justice, so we're going to remove him from office. No, we have a process. Yeah. If the president obstructs justice, it's impeachment, and you just go through that. Deborah J. Saunders, White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review Journal. Well, listen, we, you don't need this encouragement, Deborah, but you know, keep telling the truth as 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 you uncover it, um, and and don't get swept up in the silliness, you know, because there's a lot of it about. Oh, oh, we're all sinners on that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no doubt. I'm, I, I'm, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I can't cast the first stone. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm patting a, a fellow, uh, you know, would be do gooder on the back and saying, take courage, Deborah J. Take courage. <laughs> Great to talk to you, Deborah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll talk soon. I have said this and I keep, th- I, it, it bothers me that it's true. I will never feel the same way about the FBI. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's me being a grown up and realizing they're human beings too. Mm. You had this fanciful idea that they, they somehow found, found magical human beings that don't have biases and self interest and egos right. to be at the top levels of the Justice Department. You fool. Now you know that they're just like all other human beings. Maybe that's the way I should look at it. But you got well, between and, Comey... Well, please do apply that to every single function of government. These mm-hmm. are not angels we have discovered on some angel island. 
um, and 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 had them run the government. These are human beings like us. Every bit is flawed. So but, quit giving them so much power. But clearly, with McCabe and Comey and a number of these other people, I mean, they got all kinds of biases and ego and and weird ideas of their job of fixing the country because nobody else can do it like I can. Just it's really troubling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Egos run wild. And McCabe is uh, in an interesting situation because it's not a minor deal that he got fired and doesn't get his pension. That's not a minor deal. You would have your whole life planned around that. And now he's broke, so right. he's out there trying to sell a book. Right, right. By the way, I'd like to make it clear that I wasn't talking about people who actually live on Angel Island in California when I was talking about Angel Island. This metaphorical An island, island full of angels. Full of, exactly. <laughs> Not the fabulous state park in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, Fascinating Grand, tours available weekdays and some weekends. The Grand, on weather. Grand Canyon is a national park, and they were exposing you to radiation when you went to visit it. Great. Among, and my children. Among other stories to talk about coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. I said be careful. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. According to a new study, 25% of millennials would go to jail for a week if it meant they could own their dream home. Said millennials, free meals and only one roommate? That is my dream home. You would go to jail for a week if you could own your dream home. Me too. Who wouldn't do that? Well, that's it? Is that the? Is that I mean, surprising? is it county? Am I going to get the hell beat out of me? Am I going to get <laughs> raped and stuff? I, can we nail down some of the details? Right, but yeah, right. that's uh, is there. Hmm. If it's a don't... state prison, yeah, I go to jail for a week to own my dream home. Quick sure. follow up on CNN: They're interviewing various uh, people from the administration or uh, FBI and all, and they're saying we briefed the gang of eight, the eight most powerful leaders in the legislature, both parties, on our in- our Russia investigation and. All the stuff you're talking about. There was no coup. This was out in the open. And they had no objection to uh, the Russia investigation or the, the steel dossier or the subpoenas or anything. So stop it. Silly talk. Oh, we'll see. Is that walking back? or? Uh, I don't know. I don't think they're just okay. saying no. We briefed all levels of government on what we were doing all the time. Okay. Uh, that will be dug into, I hope. Um, biggest arguments couples have about food. I'll have that for you in a second. This story is on the front page of another... Interesting one. How Americans like to order their steak. It's going to shock you. All right. Um, but this I first, hate being shocked. Front page of the USA Today. Grand Canyon tourists exposed for years to radiation. It has now been discovered. Great. My children, um, my, my very children, my flesh and blood as well. If you've been to the Grand Canyon in the last 20 years, you quite possibly were exposed to radiation. Now, it matters. I guess the state of Arizona was just pouring uranium straight over the edge into the canyon. They had buckets of uranium sitting around. How crazy is what? that? For nearly 20 years. I was trying to be silly. Right. For nearly 20 years at the Grand Canyon, tourist employees and children on tours passed by three buckets Stored in the National Parks Museum building, unaware they are being exposed to radiation. 
They just learned last year that the five-gallon containers were brimming with uranium ore. Great Scott. Just sitting around. So this has been going on for 20 years? Yeah. Hold on, i got to do some math. Hey, now that Truman's been elected, what do you want me to do with these buckets of uranium? Uh, better put them in the uh, museum building, I guess. I'll, I'll figure out what to do with them tomorrow. And people have been exposed to unsafe levels of radiation. Now, now it, I, I feel like this might explain... So, like I, I went to the Grand Canyon probably about a dozen years ago. And I actually got bit by a donkey when I was there. <laughs> really? And and ever since then, a radioactive I, donkey. Yeah, I've been incredibly stubborn. Well, wait a minute. I'm I'm almost impossible to startle. Uh, much, much much like a much like a donkey. I am uh, stronger than a horse of my same size. Can you carry a great deal? I can carry a great deal. I'm almost impossible to knock over. I'm incredibly sturdy. So you are some sort of donkey superhero. Donkey I man. Think, donkey I, man. I think does I, whatever a donkey can. You should see the packs I can carry. Boy, he, he gets angry and kicks you. You fly 50 feet through the air. The most horrifying donkey attack ever caught on tape. Yeah, that was, that that was me was at the Canyon. I didn't know you was radioactive at the I, time. I thought I recognized your muzzle. How do you make a mistake like that? You leave a, buckets of uranium ore sitting around. It's already quitting time, boss. We'll deal with it Monday. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Wait, it's a three-day weekend, and then you fire old Jim. Right. Oh, what do you mean? The I've worked here all my life. Just <laughs> sit there for the next 20 years. My memory has just gone off the charts. I can recognize areas and other donkeys that I met up to 25 years ago. <laughs> Somebody's on Wikipedia. <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marshal? Well, it's too late. Bernie Sanders, presidential candidate, once again. That's right. That is the big story. I got some respect. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Exactly. What are we, journalists? Yeah, please. So it's a hoax. We'll be fine. Fits the narrative. Man, there's Andy McCabe on the Today Show talking to Savannah Guthrie. He's getting the play he wanted to for his book. Uh, I wonder if they're asking him any journalisty questions. Uh, She should. She's a lawyer. I think she's a lawyer. Um, But uh, more on that coming up. Fitness trackers in the workplace. Is your boss going to be tracking your every step? Yes. Is that what's coming? Yes. We're going to talk about that on the way with a reporter from the Washington Post. But right now, the news in Marsha Phillips. Senator Bernie Sanders launching his second Democratic presidential campaign. The 77-year-old says he's running to oppose President Trump and to enact many progressive ideas he first pitched in 2016, including universal health care coverage. Now, during his announcement interview on CBS This Morning, Bernie bristled when John Dickerson asked him. Howard Schultz has now said he would not run as an independent if the Democrats moderate uh, nominated oh, moderate. isn't that nice why is howard schultz on every television station in this country why are you quoting howard schultz because he's a billionaire all right there are a lot of people i know personally who work hard for a living and make forty, fifty thousand dollars a year who know a lot more about politics than in all due respect does mr schultz but because we have a corrupt political system anybody who is a billionaire who can throw a lot of TV ads on television, suddenly becomes very, very credible. So what Mr. Schultz, what is he, blackmailing the Democratic Party? If you don't nominate Bernie Sanders, he's not going to run? Well, I don't think we should succumb to that kind of blackmail. Bernie back and ready to rumble, I'll tell you. It is an interesting idea that if you're a billionaire you are and you run for president, you are automatically elevated to you get on 60 Minutes when you decide to run. Um, it's interesting. 
The Catholic because there's a lot that that doesn't. There are a lot of really rich people. So if you're going with the ID, you must be pretty smart to get that rich, which I'm willing to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so so so's a lot of hundred millionaires. They're also really really smart. It's not nearly as exciting. Though. You can't all get on sixty minutes every time you decide to run for a public office, right? Yeah. Well, it's. I think part of it's the Starbucks thing. It's a ubiquitous business, so you got the tie-in. I mean, if he was the CEO, the billionaire CEO of some obscure company that processes plastics for, <laughs> you know, for the automotive industry right. or something like that, nobody'd care. You could be right. Another sad example: the Catholic Diocese of Oakland, California, released the names of forty-five priests, deacons, and religious brothers who have been credibly accused of child sexual abuse, but. Survivor advocates say the list omits names of dangerous priests. Hmm. Now, this list goes back to 1962 when the diocese was founded. Most of those named in the report have been previously identified, but five names have not been in the public domain until now. A move, the Oakland Diocese says, marks a new era of transparency, but attorneys and advocates for clergy abuse survivors say the list is too short. In October, attorney Jeff Anderson released a report that found 95 priests were accused of sexual misconduct in the Oakland Diocese. The diocese says Anderson counted priests who lived there for a time but offended in other parts of the state and that the publication of this latest list is only a start. Well, since the Catholic Church has obfuscated and fought every uh, inch of the way on this story... My tendency is going to always be to believe uh, whatever organization is claiming things are worse than the Catholic Church says. I think they've earned that. Yeah, they have definitely earned that over the years. Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro is rejecting President Trump's call for a new day in Venezuela. Trump said on Monday the U.S. seeks a peaceful transition of power in that country, and he urged the country's military to support opposition leader Juan Guaido. We seek a peaceful transition of power. But all options are open. We want to restore Venezuelan democracy. And we believe that the Venezuelan military and its leadership have a vital role to play in this process. If you choose this path, you have the opportunity to help forge a safe and prosperous future for all of the people of Venezuela. What would a President Bernie Sanders be saying about Venezuela? That's an interesting question. It's not the system. It was the way it was run. (laughs) We're going to try it again here. It's the old argument about socialism. It's not the horse. It's the rider. I just have to ride it better. So all options are on the table, though. All options. Unleashing 50,000 cats into the country, (laughs) sending in a phalanx of uh, clowns, pouring Xanax into their drinking water (laughs) supply. All (laughs) options, Marshall, are on the table. Indeed they are. You heard him say it. Turns out air pollution isn't just something that happens outside. University of Texas and Austin researchers warned that toasters and other household smoke makers expose people to more air pollution than standing by a busy intersection. No, it doesn't. <clears throat> Researchers say the most... You stand there sucking in your burnt toast stench? Researchers say the most dangerous of all of these is the toaster, which immediately sends toxic particles into the air once they are turned on. Toaster right. danger. <laughs> to to uh, stay... So I'll eat my bagels untoasted. <laughs> 
They're saying, that make you happy. I wouldn't even cook them because the oven's dangerous <laughs> as well. Just eat the dough. <laughs> There's a saying to stay safe. Try not to burn your toast. Try only heating your bread to a light crisp. Order's up. We haven't been able to find a decent toaster. Has anybody got a recommendation for a toaster? Every toaster we buy is crap. Really? Do you buy, like, toasters or toaster ovens? Toaster. I haven't had a toaster in, in decades. Yeah, you put the slices in and press the button. No, down. you got to have a toaster oven. Yeah, or it's, a to- it's a toaster. Wait for it. And an oven. Why do I Ow. have to have one? Why did, why did I grow up my entire life with a toaster that was perfectly fine? You put bread in there. You push down the button. Up. Pops delicious toast. Well, the, the oh, up. Up. Now they all break. The handles break off or they burn all your toast. And they I've just had suck. a toaster oven with the, the lever toasting mechanism built into it as well for, I don't know, a couple years at this point. It's great. I use it all the time. What brand? Oh, you'll have to let me know the brand. Yeah, it's I'll a toaster mine. and an oven. I just Combined. want a toaster. I'm not being heard. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That is your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. I want something that's a toaster and an electric toothbrush. Do they have that? I'll get to work on it right away. <laughs> toaster brush. A toaster and a blender. Do you have that? You eat the toast and brush your teeth with the same device. <laughs> yep, this is what they're going to do. Fitness trackers in the workplace. Oh, you want the 10% off on your health uh, insurance? You wear this Fitbit around, and then they're going to track your every movement. You said you called on our client, Jim. You've been sitting in the Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming, my friends. Get ready. <laughs> That's a pretty hurtful example. Uh, Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. Armstrong and Getty Show. Glad you're here. Thank you very much for tuning in. A pleasure to welcome Chris Rowland to the Washington Post of the show. Chris covers the business of healthcare and is reporting this morning on uh, Fitbits in the workplace in a potentially insidious intersection of uh, your boss and your uh, wristwear. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you doing? Good. I hope you don't mind. I kind of put a menacing uh, air to the story to, to get people hooked. I, uh, I know you're. <laughs> Your piece isn't exactly menacing, but uh, so let's talk about uh, Fitbits, which my uh, my wife, my friend, all sorts of people wear, and and what significance they might have in the workplace. Yeah, it's a really interesting uh, phenomenon that's uh, growing. Uh, it's not just Fitbits; it's also uh, Garmin devices, Apple sure. watches, um, uh, as well as Fitbits. There's a lot of competition among these wearable device makers to get into this um, the employer wellness space where. Uh, these are the types of uh, programs where you're, uh, you're, the company that you work for is encouraging people to get fit, get steps, uh, and that's how it sort of started years ago. And now with the uh, sort of ubiquity of these wearable devices, uh, they can now monitor you um, in a lot more uh, ways than you know, they could before. Uh, they, uh, the, uh, these devices now can track your sleep. They can track your heart rate uh, in addition to steps. Um, there's a variety of incentives that employers use to, uh, you know, get encourage people to wear these uh, essentially 24/7, and so it really is a, a sort of new level of healthcare surveillance that's taking place 
uh, in in the workforce. Uh, and there's, you know, estimated by in another two or three years, there'll be, you know, 15 to 18 million of these devices uh, sold in uh, per year uh, in this uh, employer wellness space. Wow. So I, I certainly get the idea that, okay, we're insuring you and we want you to show up and we have an interest in your health and the rest of it. But boy, the, the, the phrase that got me was when you're talking about being compelled to wear it 24-7. I mean, you can't take it off because we get to monitor your sleep. To me, that's that's chilling. Yeah, well, I mean, you do. It is a volunteer. These programs are have to be voluntary. But the thing is, is that they the incentives can be so um, strong that it's almost, you know, goes beyond the voluntary, particularly for people who uh, are ill and have a lot of copays and that kind of things. Because you, the, some of the programs you get, um, you know, thousand or a couple thousand dollars a year in uh, in money into your HRA or your HSA, which are like the health savings accounts that you can then use to pay off uh, your high deductible copays and things like that. So it's uh, it is voluntary technically, but it is you know pretty compelling if you you kind of need that money if you're if you have um, conditions that require you to take drugs or visit the doctors a lot or see specialists. Sure. Uh, so. Um, well, and I could uh, see it being but, uh, of the exactly the same sort of, sort of thing as your I don't smoke discount and or I do smoke surcharge if you refuse to be monitored. Uh, they're uh, it's legitimate. We're going to charge you a couple hundred dollars more a month for your insurance, and yeah, and that would hurt. Exactly so right. yeah, it's yep. only yeah. so semi-voluntary. Are, you know, right. Yeah, the, the barely at all. Incentives are penalties for not you know not doing it. Um, and then the, the, the and then the bigger concerns also now are so where does the data go once uh, it leaves your wrist? Russians. That's where it goes to the Russians. Well, that's assumed. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, uh, it, it, you know, I don't know what the Russians could do with it, but what, yeah, you know, uh, it's getting sliced and diced in ways that are not transparent these days. And there's a lot of concern among people who are experts in this uh, in this field that uh, that it goes beyond your insurance company, it goes beyond your employer, and it's, it's going into big pools of data that are used to market and things like that. So, um, if you think that you're protected by uh, healthcare privacy laws. Uh, there, there's a lot of gaps uh, with these programs. Chris Rowland uh, reports on the business of healthcare for the Washington Post. Now, Chris, I hope you have been blessed with nothing but, uh, but uh, insightful, wise, uh, just uh, paragons of bosshood through your career. Uh, I hate to say this, but uh, we have worked for a couple of jackasses through our careers, <laughs> and and I'm not sure I would want those people to have access for perfectly legitimate reasons to my wearable device that reports on what I'm doing and and where I am, presumably, and how I'm sleeping and when I'm going to bed all the time. I just, I hate that idea. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I feel like that it is a a level of intrusion that is uh, increasing in the marketplace. And I think that a lot of people, based on the response that I got from this article, I think a lot of people don't realize uh, what's actually going on now and how um, extensive the uh, both the programs are in terms of just numbers of wearables out there in the workplaces mm-hmm. and then also the um, the amount of uh, of you know very personal information that's being uh, most people up, don't up. care that's what we're all figuring out is most people don't care if their boss or well, the government or yeah, whoever I knows their right. knows yeah. all their information and enough people don't care that it's going to continue forward and in the future whether I like it or not, Every bit of your information is going to be out there to be had by somebody. I just think that's inevitable. Yeah. 
I mean, I feel like that there's uh, some younger people who are very okay with that. Like, you know, Gen, Gen, uh, you know, millennials and Gen Z now, uh, they've sort of grown up in this world where there is, you know, the concept of privacy is much looser than I think that God, I'd know, say. Uh, older people would cons- uh, consider appropriate. And so, you know, I think that, uh, you know, that's going to, you're going to see some growth just because of that. People don't care. You're right. Chris Rowland, business of healthcare reporter for the Washington Post. Chris, we sure appreciate the time. Well done. And we'll have a link so folks can find the article easily. Thanks. All right. Thanks for having me on. Good to talk to you. Uh, yeah, that's, that's something. I just, well, another yeah. layer uh-huh. of information about your life that is now going to be out there in real time. I mean, because. Uh, listen, it's uh, partly I know all this stuff. I don't wear one of those wearable devices, uh, but uh, my wife has one. I don't need one. a wearable device to tell me every night you didn't exercise again. <laughs> but uh, Judy wears You're one. You're still fat. I don't need that. And she'll like go ahead and map our walk and say, okay, we, we covered this much ground, and here's, mm-hmm. you know, we went up and down this many flights of stairs. But Craig, the Obamacare lawyer, is this, uh, oh, that's right, we're calling him Craig, the healthcare guru now. He, he's a data freak. And every time we do a mountain bike ride, he would have a three-dimensional map of everywhere we went, our speeds, you know, our average speed, our top speed, our, our climbs, our declines, and the, the time spent, blah, blah, blah. And uh, uh, you tell me your boss isn't going to start downloading that stuff if it's at all possible to figure out, you, know, you said you stopped by Jones Brothers and the Schmedkovich. I only see Smedkovich here. Jones Brothers is on the other side of town. Now, listen, if you're screwing off, I suppose you make the argument that you don't have a right to do that. But I don't know. It just weirds me out. So you're uh, wearing a tracking device all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Again. Yeah. You're you're you have multiple tracking devices, one in your car to keep track of everywhere you go in your car. Now, one on your hand for where your body is, along with your phone. That right. is everywhere that is, which is usually with your body. Um, we talked a couple of weeks ago. I wish I could remember the term, but there's a uh, there is going to be so much information out about there about us in the future. All of uh, and computers are going to be able to go through all our social media history, all our uh, everywhere we go, how we spend everything like that, and they're going to be able to put together all this data from all these people in the world and be able to predict human beings at a very high level of accuracy right well there's already country trying to do that jack perhaps you've heard of it mr president china that's right but that that's going to get better and better yeah if you have enough data you'll get to be able to to be able to be okay a guy who walks this much spends this much time in the bathroom (laughs) you know spends this way uh fell in love this many times you know, eats this food at this place, how often spend, you know, all this different stuff. They'll right. be able to put together and plug that into a computer and be able to figure out who you are and what you're going to do. Right. Isn't that crazy? And they'll be used for advertising and also controlling you by evil governments. You know, that sounds kind of nice to me, honestly. If those people could call me and tell me what I'm going to do, that way it wouldn't be such a disappointment to me. No, no, no. Here's what you're going to do. You're, you're going to end up living here. Working for very little, you're going to gain about 12 pounds, and you're going to do this for fun. Okay, you're now going I have to a plan. die when you're 61 and a half Erg. in the summertime. Oof. Exercising. You know, that's, yeah, gosh dang it. I don't want to know that. I'm going to die exercising? Well, I got a plan. You do that? Your wife you're going to die five years sooner. 
Your your wife is going to cheat on you in about two years, based on all the data we've taken in With from who? billions of people. Delivery guy. <laughs> right, yeah, we've studied billions of people for a decade. Yeah, and, yeah we can yeah. now predict human behavior. Yeah, your wife is absolutely heading for an affair with a uh, uh, just an acquaintance, not somebody she knows. Yeah. Okay, it will super. last eight Great. and a half months. Hey, honey, guess what they just told me? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, the biggest problem with that app is if you get a crazy boss that starts pressing his, his or her morals on you. Like, you don't spend enough time with the family. I've been noticing you're out doing this and this and that. Mm-hmm. Or you spend too much time with the family. Mm. You ought to be working. Eh? <laughs> Brave new world indeed. Bernie Sanders has announced he's running for president. That's the story of the day. We're going into depth on that at various times. I also have this, which is not in depth on anything. How Americans like to order their steak. The president of the United States famously likes his steak. Well done. He likes it according... Reason enough to invoke the 25th Amendment. Wasn't it, <laughs> wasn't it his former butler who said... Trump likes his steak to rock on the plate. Oh, that's how Dunny wants it. Oh, I, don't know how you, I don't know how you could eat that. Oh, I did a ribeye the other night. Oh, so good. Oh. Um, 12% of Americans like their steak well done. Remember Vince, our old producer, liked it well done. I have a good friend who does. It's come between us. Most popular is medium at 40%. I'm a medium rare person. That's 22%. Medium well, 25 But only two and a half rare? 12% like well done. You people are weird. Like I said earlier about people who watch The View, stay away from me. If you like your steak well done, stay away from me also. If you watch The View and like your steak well done... Please, we're fighting. I don't want to see you. (laughs) Yes, we're breaking down Bernie Sanders' candidacy. What? Among other things. How old did you say he is, Sean? 77. Correct. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.